0: You're listening to the Pinball Podcast. <laughs> All right, it is episode 104 of the Pinball Podcast. Version I... three. <laughs> Take three. Uh, yeah, I am Jeff, and I'm here with Jessica. Jessica, how are we doing? <clears throat>
1: I don't. It depends. Are we recording? <laughs>
0: Well, it's flashing um, red, and it and it is the button that said "start recording" now says "stop recording." So I assume <laughs> recording is happening. Good job. Um, so for those unaware, uh, a lot of people reached out, said, "Hey, what happened last week?" You guys were two weeks ago. The show didn't go out. Yes, we recorded. Um. It turned into a disaster and that show was unable to be published. We had some technical mishaps which well, apparently you were right all in writing. <laughs> okay. Well and then five minutes ago we tried to do it again and <clears throat> after a few minutes in the show realized I was not recording. So that's why we're on take three right now. Um also we're trying out a new recording process. So there could be a good chance that we go one month without any show, show Oh, boy. So, no, if it fails this time, we'll, we'll get something out. But, all right. So, <clears throat> you know who never
1: fails? Nifty LED.
0: That's right. Nifty LED. Providers of fine pinball bulbs for all your needs. Back boxes, general illumination, inserts, flashers, coin door. I don't know. Where else you put lights? <gasps> <laughs> exactly
1: um, right all, all the places lights all for the all places. your places
0: they can let you perp it up everywhere um, no they're great they don't just sell LEDs are you aware of the other products they sell
1: um, I know that they have tools they've got balls and other pinball related accessories
0: yep Yeah. they will ship them out to you very quickly. And if you're lucky, they'll pack some junk in your shipment, like plumber's putty or something like that. So, oh. true story. They've done that to me, and it's been a mess. But we, we we love those rascals from Southern California.
1: <laughs> it might just be you that they pack junk in your boxes. Maybe. I mean,
0: I, I it's it's almost like uh getting coal in the stocking at christmas but i I didn't make up the part about the plumber's putty but i've got all sorts of rusted leg bolts and things like that so they take advantage of the flat rate shipping um (laughs) no no space wasted in those boxes so
1: you really cram it in there well that's that's good waste waste not want not
0: guess not um maybe they're maybe they're skirting like California's stringent recycling laws like they can't throw certain things away so they give it to me to do it for them. This right, is garbage they're laundering. S- they're
1: scattering it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, check them out niftyled.com. Uh honestly, they their bulbs do look fantastic. I will post more pictures. I promised that in the last show that got lost to hmm. the mishaps. But um, I've got some pictures of the Twilight Zone and Adam's Family games that I did. So I'll put those on the website.
1: Um, oh, yeah, your Twilight Zone looked amazing. Yeah, it did.
0: So did Adam's See, Family. They looked great.
1: I'm not going to remember the things that we talked about on the Lost episodes. I'm probably just going to think that we talked about them before that. So I'm going to forget a lot of stuff. But now that you remind me, yes, your Twilight Zone looked incredible.
0: It did. So, thank you, Nifty LED. Check them out. NiftyLED.com. All right. So, um, normally it's what you've been doing the last two weeks in pinball. And now it's the last two, two weeks. So, we can go over that. Um, obviously, the, the amount would be significant. So, let's pick, pick the highlights. What are the highlights of the last month in your pinball life?
1: Oh gosh. All right. I know that I had a lot last time we talked, so I will try to condense a lot of things. Um, I went up to Seattle, I guess it would be a month ago now, um, went up to Seattle for the Emerald City Cup, which, um, was a match play style tournament, held at Flip Flip Ding Ding, which is my favorite place to play pinball in Seattle, as I've mentioned before. Um, and it was run by Kevin Burl. He did an amazing job putting that tournament together. Um, it was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with a lot of Seattle pinball friends. It's always good to see everybody. Um, I didn't perform terribly well in the tournament, but it was really fun. The collection of games they have there is always just fantastic to play. Um, And I went up with the Borg, my friends Eric and Ian, drove them up, and then Zoe and Das met us, and we got like a super cute little Airbnb, and um, we went up on Friday night and went to the Seattle Pinball Museum on Saturday, because they got a dialed in.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I was wanting to play it so bad, so we were going to drive up on Saturday, but I was like, hey, let's go up on Friday night, and then we can get to the museum kind of early-ish and avoid a lot of crowds. And I'm glad that we did. Um, so we went and had dim sum and then we went and played Dialed In and it was all that I wanted to play all day because I'm in love with that machine. I'm very jealous of you and your um, your new toy.
0: Well, I don't have it yet. Um, and yeah, last time we kind of discussed what we liked about it. But since it's a bummer, it's been a month, so your impressions aren't as fresh <laughs> raw as they once were they're a little bit um, removed but um, what was it essentially that kind of jumped out you what what was it like when you were playing it that you particularly liked or or even anything that kind of was a turnoff just general give us the low down your dial-down experience
1: my least favorite thing about the game is the selfie mode number one it has like the lights that flash in your face which are never my favorite but number two it is the most unflattering camera ever and it's just like it's a million shots are popping up on the screen and they're all you looking focused down at the play field and it's just the angle of it's just terrible everyone who had it when they saw themselves were just like oh like that's not good please let's have an option to turn this off and i can't figure out where the camera is to cover it somehow when i'm playing it but um not a fan of that um the skill shot i couldn't figure out it was flashing through um in the um the shooter lane so it was like cycling through a bunch of different options but i can't tell if it wasn't in the code yet or if i just wasn't noticing what was happening when i would plunge over whichever one it was lit up on but i wasn't noticing a skill shot um but none of that really bothered me because the game was just really really fun to play the flow of it was amazing me and everyone who was there when they were playing the game, they were just smiling and laughing and having a really good time. And I I don't, you know, I understand that some people are like, oh, cell phone themed, whatever, not a fan. Um, it's absolutely a disaster themed game. Right. And I keep equating it to the cell phone in Dialed In is similar to the phone booth in Bill & Ted. Like it is the means by which you have all these disasters you know descending upon you like it's the way that you travel through time to get to all these different places so it's the means to an end and i think it's very clever and it's very fun and it's well integrated um i will still never use my actual cell phone when playing the game (laughs) which i know is a thing that you can do with it at some point which i never got to in the game thankfully but um Um, i know it's thing that's going to happen
0: Yeah, you can choose to play that way um, right off the bat and just use it for your flippers. What I'm hoping is that long term, they just mix in different ways of doing multiplayer. Like that you can affect the person's game with your cell phone. I think that would be pretty cool. Like sending fake information to the player or maybe they have like you're given a limited number of sabotages per ball or something. Like maybe you can do no hold flippers against them or something like that. Um, where you're looking at the cell phone as player two while player one's playing um, and just kind of throwing some curveballs at them. But I think that would be the more interesting way to do cell phone connectivity than the flipper thing. But I don't know, I guess it's a start, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. But I just, I I adored it. I mean, it was so much fun and literally like I was looking for every opportunity that was open that I could run and go play it. Um, It was really great.
0: Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, they, they had the ones, the two at Texas Pinball Festival and it was always a line to get them, uh, get in there, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, Jersey Jackson posting pictures online the last few days that it's on the assembly line. And, you know, if that's the case, I, I know they were planning on running the standard editions first, the ones that are more geared towards, um, you know, route use and um, operators. And then after that, the limited collectors editions were going to run. And then they would be running all of them at the same time. But uh, from what my guess is being in on the LE, so I'm not going to be in that very first wave of games. um, if, If they're coming out now, I would guess that it's probably gonna be June or July before the LEs are going and coming out. So I know I'm in pretty early on the list, and um, I'm in my distributor's first allocation, so I'm excited. I I think I I should have it by you know midsummer, and that would be great. I'm I'm super excited for it.
1: So. Yeah, I'm very excited for you. Um, yeah, so that was my weekend in Seattle. Pretty much, we stopped by Adiball, um and played for a little bit there. They had a Popeye machine, which I don't ever really see, and is super fun. The back glass is amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, we have um, one on location here, and it's it's crazy. When I started to think about the games that we have on location around here, um, there's some pretty rare ones. Like, we have a Varkon. Um But, yeah, Popeye's one here, but you generally don't see that. Even at shows, you don't see it that often. It's kind of a hard one to find.
1: Yeah, it's so strange. Like, there are so many different design elements on it that you don't see on other pins. So it was pretty fun. Um, that was the game that we played the most when we were at ball, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, Don loves that game. Um, I think we talked about it last time when you first walk up to it, it's just so goofball looking, uh, with a giant <laughs> ship on the play field and you kind of don't know what to go. But once you really figure out what you're doing, it, it's just a totally unique playing game. And I get why some people hate it and they say it's the worst ever. And then I get why other people will absolutely love it. Um, it's nice that there's pinball machines out there that are that way, uh, that it's not like objectively bad or anything, but it's one of those games that just either get it or you don't. And very few people are indifferent towards it.
1: Well, the skill shot is so unique. That little spinning disc where you have to drop it into Mm -hmm. the exact hole. I don't know. It's, it's charming in ways and it's just fun to play. And it's unexpected, so I enjoyed it. I would like if we had one around here, but not the case. Um, okay, let's see. Well, it was Pizza Week here. You missed out on Pizza Week.
0: Oh, that sounds like the greatest <laughs> of all weeks.
1: It sounds like it's not really pinball-related, but uh, Blackbird Pizza is an excellent location here in Portland to play, and they participated in Pizza Week, so... Um, we had some folks from Seattle who were in town for, um, pin brawl. So a bunch of us ended up going to Blackbird and enjoying some of their pizza week slices, um, and playing some games. Alien stars, no more at Blackbird, which makes me really oh, sad.
0: You know, that's a good game.
1: Yeah, it is. But I played the hell out of some future spa.
0: Uh, it's also a fun game.
1: <laughs> it is. It is in a different way. Um, and then we had pinball. So um, pinball is the largest pinball tournament that we have in Portland. It's 128 players. And the tournament's always at Ground Control. And this year, Ground Control just opened. Their, their, so they're expanding. They're doubling in size pretty much. Um, so they've been working on the expansion half for over a year now. And they finally opened it up, and it's War Games themed. So the bar is like a giant Whopper computer. Oh, nice. It looks pretty cool. Um, and then they have all of the war, you know, like um, missile simulation stuff up on a giant screen. Which I'm sure sounded like a cooler idea before the orange one actually started doing shit that might get us bombed. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Now it's slightly more terrifying in real world. Now
0: it's a peek into the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, not so great. Um, But the bar itself is cool. It's nice um, in comparison to the other side of ground control because it's a bit cooler. There's more space in between games. So I hope when they renovate the old side that they'll kind of go in similar form. Um, So as it stands, only the new side is open and the old side is closed. But for pinball, since there are so many people participating and they didn't bring a ton of pinball over to the new space, they let us use both sides. Um, so you had to like run outside and around the corner to go into the other space if you got called in a game over there. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, but they did and a wonderful go. job, yeah, of um, organizing everything and um, kind of keeping it all together. So, um, Isaac and Zoe and Greg, um, and Mindy and Jeff, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but everyone did a fantastic job. Um, I think that the flow of things went really well. They were on top of it when people needed, um, a ruling made or something like that. And, um, yeah, it was just a really fun day. A lot of Seattle people came down and, You know, it was nice seeing those people two weeks in a row that I had seen up for Emerald City and then down for pinball. That was um, excellent. I don't see those kids enough. So that was really, really good. And uh, Jermaine won the whole kit and caboodle. He was killing it that day. Um, He did great. And then the highest ranked Portland player who finished up was fourth place, um, my friend John Fujita. And he did a fantastic job repping Portland in the finals. So that was, yeah, that was a big day. It was really long, but it was excellent. Um, we did some tiki that weekend as well, because you can't have friends in town and not go to tiki. Um, and then a couple days ago, I had uh, my girl gang, my bells, Zoe and Heather, and we did some Twitch streaming of sea Witch at my house, which I'm trying to do on a more regular basis. So Bell's Pinball PDX is the Twitch stream. So we took like some challenges from people in the chat room. So you know, you have to play one handed or if you hit a particular target, you tilt, like quote unquote tilt, you have to stop playing. Um, And then our friend Daniel came up with the idea of trying to hit a certain combo, like to get it through that very narrow shot on the right that feeds back to the plunger and then soft plunge and then hit the loop. Like the person who could hit that combo specifically a certain number of times would win, you know, if you could do that the most. I don't think any of us did it successfully, (laughs) but it was fun to try for, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I like the goofy formats and goals and stuff. I mean, that's why I think pin golf is fun and, you know, all sorts of different stuff like that, that changes the way you play these games that we've been playing for, you know, decades.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We did some Price is Right style where I covered up the scores with some cat wrapping paper. (laughs) I had this like leftover christmasy it's like cats and small hats and scarves so we put that over the scores
0: so yeah i i know when we had Bowen on we talked about different formats and stuff uh specifically we got into bowling uh scoring and stuff but um we're looking at right now our league season ended so we're looking at some kind of one-off tournaments for charity and things like that so maybe we'll talk about that later um some different formats or different ways to play because i I like on the charity ones that you do something a little oddball that evens the playing field because generally you get a bigger crowd out for those and you have a wider range of skill and if it's just purely score based um it tends to kind of predetermine the outcome a little bit so i'm trying to see what we can do but i will pick your brain
1: Definitely, I'm doing um, so in two weeks here in Portland on May 20th. I'm doing my second annual Jammy Jam, um, yeah. which is a brunch time pin golf tournament where onesies and pajamas are highly encouraged. <laughs> Last year was super fun, um, and there were some excellent pajama type outfits that came out. So I'm hoping that we'll have people do that again this year as well. And we did a side tournament with um, like Tommy style, but I made sleep masks. So my friend Lisa helped me screen print onto some blank, um, sleep masks. Some say tilt and some say danger. So people get to use those. And then you worked with a partner and they would tell you when to flip. Um, so we did that for like a side tournament, but the main is a pin golf. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to do score based or goal based this time. I did score based last time. Mm -hmm. Um, but might try and go for like a certain objective this time instead just to switch things up.
0: Yeah. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah. I, like I said, we, we've got to the point where we're growing just time to try a few different formats out. So I'm going to bug you as things get closer, what you've liked okay. most. So, <laughs> anything else you've been doing or is, is that your month in review?
1: Um, oh, the last thing, sorry, I have one more thing. Oh. So much. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Um <laughs> so I discovered that my uncle has an evil Knievel pinball machine. Alright. In New York that's kind of sitting there hanging out, and um some things are kind of like changing there and he's ready to move it out of the house and i am trying to get it to portland from new york so um if anyone knows anyone who is moving anywhere between new york and somewhere further westward i'm just trying to like move it along and i'm totally fine with people hanging on to it for a little while and having it be like a community game that has this story where you know, so-and-so keeps it in New Jersey for six months and then happens to go to something that's a little bit further West and passes it along to someone there. And like, it hangs out in Chicago for a little while and, you know, just getting it in a leisurely manner since I don't really have the space for it immediately. Um, so if anyone out there is interested or knows of anyone that would be interested in having an evil Knievel for a little while, that's, um, mobile and moving along the country and in some way, shape or form, let me know. Um, I'd be really interested to kind of have like a pinball machine road trip, like have it, have this really cool story about traveling, um, which would be more exciting than like, Oh, I hired a shipping company to move it for me.
0: Or you just say, Hey, Tommy, move a (laughs) pinball machine for me. He's like the ultimate pinball mule out on the East.
1: I already asked him. He's not going to New York. Uh, Although he would house it for a little while, probably, if I could get it somewhere closer to Indiana.
0: You just... Yeah. Got to make it happen. Beyond just getting a pinball machine, which is always great, it's just kind of... It would be fun to see that trade hands along the way and the story of how it got there and be fun to see how long it took.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that that would be really interesting. I've had... I had a couple of people kind of mention, you know, different ways to to get a machine shipped and that's cool. Um, but I like the idea of it being more of like a community project and then like it has pictures from where it's been, you know, like it's a little trip that I could keep inside of it, like a little booklet so you can see where it's been and who's been playing it and have this, you know, like richer, fuller life that it's taking on on this trip.
0: Well, Hopefully it passes through here. We've got, uh, you know, we're kind of on a main shipping line and the east-west freeways cut through here. So get it here and I'll make it my excuse to visit Oregon. So Perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'd be fun. So people who would be interested in trying to help that, like, become a reality, like, definitely reach out because... You totally want to do this, right? This isn't just kind of a, an idea. You you would do it if you could get it moving.
1: 100%.
0: Okay. Yeah. So let us know. It'd be awesome.
1: Okay, oh, that's it. I'm done now. Okay. Well, what have you been up to in the past two times two, two weeks? Times.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we had our league finals. And that means our spring pinball league is over, which is a bummer because I enjoy weekly pinball. Um, As busy as I've been with my regular job, a bunch of stuff going on with the kids and freelance work and stuff, I haven't had a lot of time to play pinball other than league nights. And um, so when that goes away, uh, it's kind of a bummer. But at the end of the season league, um, we have our end of season tournament. And that was fun because we we split into two divisions and I won mine, so that was cool. Get Price. get the uh, amazing trophy, you know, hot glued. Our our league commissioner he goes to thrift stores and he buys trophies and he glues pinball parts to them essentially. Perfect. So my my uh, trophy was of a motocross uh, rider and he had his arm up holding a, a flasher bulb. And his motorcycle was on a coil, like a flipper coil. So (laughs) it was great. (laughs) Um, But that was fun. Uh, The league went really, really well. We were at capacity as far as members that we could hold. And we're going to either have to split out into a second league or um, find a way that we can um, have more players uh, that... It's just gone really well and pinball's growing um in this area and so that was fun. It was great to wrap up that. When in the division and everything. But uh last night we had our first of our monthly we we have a monthly series. So um we're having six tournaments, uh one a month and it's called slap it which is the salt lake area pinballers interconnected tourney, I and like essentially it. it kind of works like a series event or a circuit event where you know each one um you're earning points you, so you have a winner for the night and we'll have a payout um and then a portion of the money gathered. we do 100 percent payout in our leagues and stuff but um, mm-hmm. a portion is reserved for the um final tournament but uh It's essentially you go and you show up and play and uh, first place gets one point, second place two points on down, and then those points accumulate throughout the tournaments and then we drop your lowest result. So if you miss one, you're okay, or if you have a bad night, it's not a big deal. And uh, last night we were playing at a location, it's a bar uh, down in Salt Lake, and uh, it was was cool because we had a lot of first timers come. And the way that we handle it to make it a little bit more fair for the newcomers is um, we have an A and B division, but all that A and B does is it affects payout. So we pay um, a, the A division winners uh, first, second, third. And then on the B division, we pay out first and second. And, and the way it works is we do group play. Uh, so four-player groups, but um, for purposes of scoring... In the event, it's still 1 through 20, whatever. Um, But the B division people are competing for their own money pool, if that makes sense. Um, So essentially what it would be is your overall standings are going to be a mix of A and B players, 1 through 24, or whatever it is. Um, But B people are only competing against B people for payout. Um, and A people are only competing against A people for payout. It's kind of hard to visualize, but it works out to where um, one of the people, his first time coming uh, last night, he actually won the B division, and uh, it was cool because he showed up his first time, and you could tell he was a little bit intimidated at first, but he got in there, he played well, and he he won the division. And then uh, on the next event, the top two uh, B finishers will have to play... Uh, to compete for the A division pool, and the bottom two A division people will drop down to B, and they'll be playing for the B division payout. But uh, so they'll be shuffling between A and B as it goes on. But it's kind of hard to explain. But it, trust me, it's cool. It works well. <laughs> and uh, that was that was awesome. So last night was we were playing. Um, like I said, we do the scoring groups of four, and we score four, two, one, zero. And my first five matches out of eight, I got a four. And, um, then on the sixth match, I got a two, so I finished second and I thought like everyone's all telling me, Oh, you've got to be totally in first place. You gotta be crushing it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And it turns out I was tied with one other guy who was also just killing it. And, um, the first time I played, had it was in a group with him, uh, I got a four off him. And then the next game he got the four and I took the two. So we were tied at 22 and um, going into the very last match of the night, we were um, within one point of each other. So it all came down to our last game. And he scores over $3 billion on Ghostbusters and oh ends up beating me. And that's the best way to go down. We were all standing around because it was the very last game of the night. And everyone was standing around just watching his score just grow and go and go. And it, it was great. like totally the way to take the championship so in the first meet he finished first I finished second I still got trophy and more than I paid into it in prize winning so that's great but it was a lot of fun I'm excited about it um the newcomers who came were just raving about how much fun this was and how happy they were that they found us and um were able to participate so uh we're gonna have I, I would I think we picked up like four or five new guys that want in on the on the event so Nice. It's good stuff. Yeah. Excited about that. And other than that, um, all I've done is continue to talk about starting streaming up. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to seriously do it. Um, I promise I'll have it figured out uh, before dialed in comes. That's uh, not like That's the most serious. ambitious goal, but uh, I, I'll, I'll get it going. Um, I definitely would like to get it soon after genie is up. Cause I don't think yes. a lot of people stream a genie,
1: but oh, I would love to see that genie. Plus yours is gorgeous.
0: Right. Yeah. I got to get, I got to put that out there. So I'm going to get that figured out for reals. I'll I already have you. all the
1: hardware. Yeah.
0: It's just a figuring yeah. out software.
1: I will help you.
0: I appreciate it. Um, other than that, like not, not a whole lot. Uh, just, I've been real busy, so I haven't like, been out on location or anything beyond league or tournaments but it's been what I've been able to do has been fun so yeah. hoping life slows down a little bit here as summer hits which usually doesn't but I've got pinball showdown coming up in June so at least there's that
1: I did some minor pin repair yeah you're a tech now oh my gosh. Um, so when um, when my friends were down from Seattle for pinball Uh, My friend Katie and my friend Travis both stayed at my house. And Travis is um, an operator up there. He handles all the games at Flip Flip and Olaf's in some other spots up there too. And he's fantastic. So he took a look at my theater magic uh, because the trunk was making a weird noise. And also the plunger was just really weak sometimes. So um, he showed me the crack on my trunk interrupter. And I ordered a new metal replacement for the plastic one, and then also ordered a new um, spring for the plunger. So I swapped out the spring on the plunger rod. My friend Skylar kind of uh, sent me a photo-like slideshow of what to do to get that um, taken care of. So I did that. That was great. And then I realized I don't have the necessary tools to remove the old interrupter and put the new interrupter on, so... I need to get some things to do that. But um but I did that. And then my friend Zach and I went and played um some location pinball. We went over to Bottles, which is where our next Tuesday tournament is gonna be. Um and they have some games that they don't have out at other locations. So um we played some ball Wizard there. We played some Monopoly, which they do have at a couple other spots, and I like that game, but it was playing really fast um there <laughs> we went the first game second game we went to play was on scared stiff and it was all- turned off so he's like i was tempted to put money in it and see what was wrong and i was like yeah let's totally do that so it turned it on go a ball drops out of somewhere so we're like well that <laughs> must have been the problem right so we throw money in Hit start. He goes to play, and he reaches down. He just gets the weirdest look on his face. I was like, "What happened?" There's no plunger. <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, he reached down. And he's like, "Oh, did they replace it with like a button?" No, just literally, it's entirely gone. So then you we get were a cue Q-
0: like, ball stick, and you're trying to right. hit it up.
1: <laughs> we were trying to figure out what would fit in there. We had like he made this giant. Straw out of several other straws, all like interconnected <laughs> It one hundred percent did not work, but it was really funny trying.
0: <laughs> can't can't fault the effort.
1: <laughs> it was that was great, and I tried a kiwi cider. I didn't know that such a thing existed.
0: I uh, is it supposed to exist? <laughs> was it okay?
1: Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it was okay. It wasn't like the most amazing thing, but it was it was tasty. I enjoyed it, but yeah, we played some pin there, and I, I was thinking I shouldn't have gone out because I broke my toe the night before. But it was totally worthwhile.
0: It sounds fun to break a toe.
1: <laughs> I broke. I, oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Best, best uh, not.
0: We'll talk about it in the uh, post. I'll, I'll if I remember to hit the stop recording button. So right. had a little trouble hitting the start, but I think <laughs> things are still going. Like it's still flashing, so we're all right. Oh. Um well cool. I you know, hey, we've done stuff. We're not
1: We have done stuff. 100%. Not that
0: lame. Yeah. So um one of the things that kinda came up as a topic last night is uh someone asked me if I was still in on the dialed in pre order and I said, Yeah I was and um they asked how uh, availability was on on the LEs. And I want to come back and talk about that in a second and how it's going to contrast to probably what we're going to see a little bit later this week. Um, So May 4th, which is Star Wars Day, May the 4th, is the expected first reveal of Stern's Star Wars. And it's been a pretty poorly kept secret that That's been kind of the target date for a reveal, um, as well as the fact that the game itself is being made. So the things that we do know about it is Steve Ritchie's on design and Dwight Sullivan is on lead for The Code. Um, I don't remember hearing who the artist was, which is interesting because we know Zombie Eddie's working with Trudeau right now and Dirty Donny just finished Aerosmith. So it's either going to be someone new uh or it's or it's going to be kind of like a collaborative effort with Disney or something so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like but yeah we're supposed to, we're supposed to get that announcement this week um probably just within a day or two of the show going live and um one thing i can tell you is there's going to be a mad rush for pre-ordering there are, there is with most new games and uh the L.E. is going to be a little bit crazy. And so I don't know if you've thought about it. I I don't know if you're the type that speculates or if you just wait until the thing's shown and then you think about it. But if if the answer is no, that's fine. But do you have any <laughs> guesses or predictions for what we're going to see May the 4th?
1: No. See, it's funny because you say that you're like, oh, we know that so-and-so is a designer. and We know this. And I'm just like, I don't know any of this stuff because... Quite frankly, I prefer not to know. It's kind of yeah, like you know spoilers and movies, right? Like I didn't know any of this stuff until you just said it. But I also don't seek out this information, so I I like going in kind of with a fresh view of things and and being surprised and taking things in as a package, sort of. Um, yeah, I don't try. I try not to overthink things before they happen and i try not to i always to... underthink <laughs> well we know that i've never never overthought <laughs> anything <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't seek out spoilers it's not it's not something that interests me in that way i don't know i i like to see things the way that they're intended to be seen um i don't like movie spoilers or book spoilers or i'm not going to say pin spoilers because i you know i listen to podcast and I hear them or I talk to you and I end up hearing them. And It's not a ter- it's not terrible, um, but it's not something You're that I seek a... out. Right, right.
0: And I'm generally the same way. In fact, the only time I really cared, like I knew the Aerosmith stuff had leaked and I took a look at it or whatever, but yeah, I don't aggressively chase that stuff down. Um, the only time, I, I mean, I guess really since doing the show, people generally will anytime something kind of breaks and if it's a leak or if it's legit within a minute or two, I have somebody already sending me an email or a message. Hey, did you see this or this leaked, uh, making sure you saw it before it gets taken down. So, um, I, I can't go without seeing that stuff unless, um, I just choose to distance myself from the internet, but, uh, I'm a marketing director, so I kind of have to be on the internet all day. Um, <laughs> So that, that's not an option. But yeah, like you, I I generally don't seek them out. But I, I actually do like talking about the stuff that we do know or the stuff that's out there. Um, so kind of like there's some stuff that I do know that I don't really feel comfortable talking about at this point. Because I, I do want to let them just have their reveal. But um, some of the stuff that would be just more on the speculation side... I do expect them to do something special with the LEs. Um, I, I could almost see them doing kind of like they did with Transformers where they had the Decepticon and the Autobot editions. Uh, maybe they could do like, you know, a dark side, light side edition type of thing with it. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like it's the perfect theme to do something like that. Or maybe they have, you know, like the Rebels or the Empire. Um, as two different editions. But there's a lot of dualities that exist in Star Wars, so it would make sense to have a split LE run. Um, they've done it for several different machines. but
1: So is this... I can this, tell... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, from from what you know, is this just based on the new movie? Like, is is it going to be a new movie, or is it going to be a Star Wars overall universe-type movie?
0: So I'll stay on the split speculation side with that one and i think that <laughs> I, I think that it will be drawn from across the star wars universe in in ways that i mean they can't do like eight movies worth obviously but they can kind of touch on iconic moments throughout the series i mean for the original trilo- for the original trilogy there's enough each in each game to do an entire pinball machine, but I mean in each film to do a entire pinball machine. But like the prequel trilogy, what do you do? You pull out pod racing, Oof. the Darth Maul fight and
1: Jar Jar multiball. Like oh could you imagine? <laughs> but there's I can not a whole that's lot that's the problem. I can know. Yeah. Like
0: there's not a whole lot you'd use, but Darth Maul's cool. Um <sighs> could see him being used at pod racing, maybe for the video mode or something like that. But if they're going to use pod racing, I'd rather them just do speeder bikes from Return of the Jedi for the video mode. Right. Um, obviously, See if it was going original... to
1: be the new movie, then the ball could just be BB-8.
0: I know, right?
1: Which would be kind so of cool. So
0: I think out. it. I think it will. If you're if we're trying to like picture some big giant image, I think that the main images would have to be. Um, from the newer stuff, but I don't know. I I really don't know which way they'll go with that. I, I think with Disney being who they are, they're going to want more, more be on the newer stuff, but, uh, it doesn't seem like they've distanced themselves from the original trilogy at all. Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that, but I can tell you that there's going to be a shortage of LEs because it hasn't even been announced yet. And distributors have already put people on their list to the point where they don't feel comfortable adding people to it <laughs> at this point. So um and some have even taken deposits. Um, but is yeah. Is there that's, another
1: industry that does that where people will like without even having the official announcement that product is coming, they're gonna take orders for it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sure that there are some hobbyist industries that like Someone says, hey, if anything's ever released in this line, just, you know, go ahead and keep me on your list. I want it. But, yeah, man, I, I really don't know with pinball. I think there's such a a fear of missing out on, on these big ones. Like, Ghostbusters was insane. It was announced officially, and every LE was gone within minutes because... And I'll admit, I was on a list pre-announcement, but I knew it was coming. And I, I knew a lot of details about the game. Towards, I called a distributor and said, hey, put me on your list. I know it's not official. They weren't going to be taking any money or anything at that point. But just put me on that list. The second it's announced, I will put the deposit down. And they're like, okay, cool. And, and that worked out for me. I think Star Wars is on a whole other level. Because it's just like, so easily transcends the generations to where... Older people that grew up with it, um, you know, our age and older, are excited about it, and the newer generation is excited about. It, and then it's something that they can get their kids excited about. I don't know. It, Star Wars is going to be crazy, and unless they really up the LE numbers, I can't see any way that it's not just going to be a situation where people just miss out. Oh. So that's going to be madness for real. <laughs> but. It should be fun. I, I don't know. I don't want to spend a ton of time on that because like you, I, I don't know. The, the real point I wanted to talk about was the LE stuff. Um, so the conversation I had last night at the bars, someone was asking, you know, how LE avail- availability worked out for dialed in. And I said, well, Jersey Jack, um, they don't limit their limited editions to a number. They do it based on a time frame they announce and they open their pre-orders and then they have a close date. Basically you can order an Ellie up to a certain time and right. anybody who wants an Ellie at that point can get it. And it's still limited. It's not going to be as limited by number, but it's still one of those things that like, Hey, you have to get it during this time. It's kind of a do it now or forever lose your chance.
1: That's seems Unless fair dis- though. Yeah,
0: yeah, it does. Um, but, and then it's there's always, like distribution.
1: To, sorry, sorry, <laughs>
0: No, you're fine. I like just like say there's just a lot of... That...
1: Where you have to like put... <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going to keep doing this.
0: I'm I, I doing that on purpose. Go, you go talk ahead. first. No, I was doing it on pur- purpose. Go ahead.
1: Oh my gosh, you're a horrible <laughs> person. Uh... So yeah, it's like the... <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want to really... have to record this another time. So you, you go right ahead.
0: That was actually just an ill-timed joke.
1: For real, go ahead. You're the worst human. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> distributors. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: It was about the, the uh, time frame to order. I
1: know what it's about. It's not important.
0: <laughs> I'm actually trying oh to buy time because I remember I said something about distributors, but I can't remember. <laughs>
1: No. Okay. So I think that the timeframe version is more fair, especially in a situation where you say, okay, people before the game was even announced are on a list to get the LE and they're limited by numbers. At least when there's a time frame, right. the people who want them know, okay, I have to put an order in, in this time frame, and I know I'll get it as opposed to it's limited to a certain number and they announce it. And then it, like five minutes later, it's like, nope, those are all gone already. It's like, how does that even work?
0: I know, Uh, and for the average person that um, isn't sitting there hitting F5 to refresh their, you know, pinball news sources of choice, um, yeah, they just miss out. Uh, So that's a bummer. Um, I get the idea in a collector's hobby of a limited edition being limited and that's cool. So, so I understand the numbered approach as well, but um, for me, I, I was just, it was cool. I didn't have to worry about any drama. You may not get it as early as some of the others because they can only build so many in a certain time. Um, the luxury that Stern has is it's very predictable how long it's going to take them to run those LAs. If they say, Hey, we're doing 500 of them. Um, we know that that's, you know, two to three weeks worth of running time and they're all out. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I like the timed one a little bit better. And this is the part I was going to say is there's also distributors who will order extras. So, a big distributor might order an additional 10 LEs just to warehouse. Um, So, with one of their customers who decides to get in a little bit later, um, they can still have some stock to offer them. So, I don't know. it's, It's... Definitely an answer to the madness and the frustration because um, I got in on Ghostbusters and I I was like, oh, cool, I'm in. But I saw people like freaking out that they couldn't get this. And I mean, there's always going to be a secondary market, but um, you never know what that's going to be like. So it does cause some anxiety and some anger at times. So
1: So what you're saying is that you've ordered, pre-ordered an Ellie and you've already got it up on eBay.
0: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i know there are people who definitely are doing that though but um no i'm i'm still in my no more new in box mode so did i did i have my uh i had my ghostbusters last time we talked right my, the playfield swap i
1: think so. that wasn't
0: that wasn't lost in the i don't know anymore but <laughs> i don't uh, know either. I, I, you gonna say that that was fairly smooth and um, there were other headaches around the whole ghostbusters experience that kind of turned me off towards new in box i've I'm fully admitting I'm probably crazy for doing it again without in but I'm hoping for a better experience this time um, I need to post some stuff online that just reminded me about ghostbusters that some fixes to look out for uh, because the replaced playfields looking beautiful great they have a ton of dialing in that needs to be done on them um to play as well as my original one played but uh i'll, I'll save that for a post so okay. so here's my official uh star wars predictions you okay, ready for ready
1: this? i'm ready
0: we do indeed see an announcement on may 4th okay. um yes steve ritchie and dwight sullivan My feeling is, is that this one's going to be more Photoshopped art, but I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying it's going just to be using official Disney provided assets, but I'm sure it's going to look great. Like they won't, they will not put out a bad looking Star Wars game. Star Wars has so much art to work with. The art provided art package would have to be huge. It's not going to be like Rolling Stones where it's the same art package that Monopoly gets that Mm. the pinball machine will get. Um, I, I do think they'll do the two LE versions. Um, it's just a feeling. Uh, and I, like I said, I I think it's going to be crazy. It's going to be madness and scalpers are going to make a killing on them because it's Star Wars. (laughs) But, um, I, I think it's gonna be a fast game. That's, that's kind of obvious with Richie, but, um, he, he can do not you know, a constant combo type of game. Um, but I, I think we'll see that. And I th- all I'm going to say is I think we're going to see a toy in this that's very f- familiar. Call it a new take on an old favorite. Um, <laughs> so that that's my stuff for now. I don't want to get too much deeper into it because like I said, I, I want them to have their announcement. Let them get it out there and uh, show what they want to show. And
1: oh, Can yeah. we have an all droid edition?
0: I, that would be awesome. Yeah,
1: it
0: would. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some addition that, that, uh, aspect to it, I feel, but I don't know.
1: All um,
0: right. so last time we talked, we went over an article that I was planning on publishing and I, I haven't published it. I don't want to go over the whole thing again <laughs> because it, it turned out to be a lot longer discussion. Than I thought it was going to be, Yes. um, but I think I'm going to take that article and rework it anyway. It's going to be the same basic thing, but, um, like the discussion, the article got huge and I've got this just unreadable wall of text, but, um, it, it came down. I'll just to give people an idea of what we talked about since the whole thing got lost to the computer aided. Um, we were just kind of talking about the way that uh, conversation is going online. Um, and it's not a new thing in pinball, but people tend to get kind of at each other's throats. And I think kind of as you and I talked it out, we're just talking about, Hey, collectors are quirky by nature and there's things that they love. There's things that they don't love. And everybody feels that the things that they love that they're, they're right. Um, and that as we build a collection and we collect these things, we, we base it around decisions that, you know, trigger that, Hey, I love this. And if you, if you, don't love it you're wrong and how that generates a lot of kind of friction between people that can't put themselves in the mindset of someone who thinks differently um we talked about that but i think the thing that we got on pretty heavily is just um the hobby is changing and uh, I, I don't know how to to approach the subject without getting into a long discussion about it again, but um, I think you made some good points that were probably worth bringing up um, again, just lightly, but um, the hobby is changing in ways that uh, ultimately are going to be for the best for the hobbies longevity. Um, I, I think we're seeing steps towards the hobby becoming more welcoming, um, becoming more inclusive. And there are certain segments of people in this hobby that, they're either confused by some of those changes or they're outright angered by them. And we got to like, learn how to talk about that stuff without getting at each other's throats. And I just thought the perspective had on it was kind of cool. So one of the things that I brought up is, um, pinball shifting from like the, um, early middle-aged white man's hobby to kind of like the, everybody's hobby. And, um, I know we don't want to get off on a super big thing, but <laughs> some areas are struggling with that transition more than others. Um, but it seems like where you're at, like women in pinball have just exploded onto the scene. Um, and, we're, and we're seeing that pop up in more places. But as you've been doing these events and inviting new people to pinball, um, how has the overall reception been? Have you ran into many issues or have things been fairly easy on your end or what have, would what have been the main major blocks of kind of breaking pinball out to new people
1: you know so I heard a lot when I decided to start bells in Portland um from you know the bells in Oakland that Eka started how there was this resistance to a women's league and how she had a lot of guys who were kind of um Negative about it in the scene, and there's, um, oh, there's like a really short film about it, and I forget what it's called, where they're talking about, you know, a lot of guys kind of being disparaging towards it. And some guys were like, Well, we didn't understand why it needed to exist, and probably still don't understand why it needed to exist. And in Portland, for the most part, the response when I started Bells was really positive. I got a lot of support from the pinball community at large, where a lot of guys were telling their, um, female friends to come and join up. And um, there was a really good response from people and they were very positive. So that was great to walk into that. As time has gone on, we certainly have run into some people who just don't understand why there needs to be A women's group and that's not all men who say that there are a lot of women who say that as well like why does there need to be something that's just for women and that's fine that if it's not your thing that's fine i'm not trying to force everyone to be involved in this if it's not right for you it's not right for you what i don't understand is the people who are disparaging towards a group that they're not a part of just because you don't understand it, or you don't personally see the need for it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to exist. And I think that um, seeing the number of women who come back, um, you know, season after season or month after month to Bell's meetings, and seeing how people's confidence has grown, um, and seeing the friendships that are formed through a group like this, I think that it's really important. It's important for me to have time and a group of rad women that I could just hang out and play pinball with in a non-competitive supportive learning environment which I don't think we have and um it's it's funny because I've actually heard a few guys who are just like we wish there was bells for us um because we do have so much competitive pinball in Portland Um, and in Seattle, you know, this, the Pacific Northwest is huge for competitive pinball, which is great. It gives people a lot of opportunities to try different formats and go to different places and, um, you know, play in, in different environments and, you know, improve their skills and learn from other players. But most of that is competitive play. So having a space that isn't like that, is amazing and i think that there are a lot of guys who have expressed that they're kind of jealous that um they don't have something like that and i think that that manifests itself sometimes in a well why can't we join bells you know so that there's like it comes off as negative but it's really a positive because they want the thing so i know we've had some of that we have had some people who have just been really negative on it and that's fine i don't need those people (laughs) um or their energy trying to, to drag something that is a really good contributor to the scene here down. We've seen a lot more women participating um, in tournaments because they have done a lot of work with bells and, you you know, outside of bells with other female players and they feel really confident and their skills are improving. Um, I implemented our skills checklist kind of system where, um, bells earn badges based on things that they're, you know, able to demonstrate proficiency in like basic flipper skills or, you know, getting multi balls or going for super jackpots or different things where people can really track their progress as a player and where we can help each other. So um, I think there are a lot of positives that come out of it. And there are, you know, some people who don't necessarily see that as a thing that's necessary. But um, I'm very fortunate that I think overwhelmingly, the Portland community has been really, really supportive of Bell's. um, And it's definitely made some positive change for the community. I've talked before about how initially when i played in a tournament here i didn't feel very welcome and it wasn't a place that i wanted to be um and i think that the way that the community treats new players period not just female players has changed so much in the two years that i've been involved in this community so um there's like a protocol now of like, okay, if there's a new person who's playing in a tournament, there are people who like go out of their way to make sure that they go talk to that person and make sure that person feels welcome. So, um, I think that there are positive changes in general that are happening. And of course you're always going to have people who want things the, the old way, like the way that they used to be. Um, but there's a lot of change that's happening and it's happening quickly and I'm happy to see it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, the, that change like you said is definitely gaining momentum and speeding up um I, like I said you c- you can always choose to fight inclusivity and in the end the people that fight inclusivity generally either change or they are the ones that end up leaving right because in the end inclusivity generally wins and if it doesn't win, then that activity or, or Organization, whatever that that fights against inclusivity, dies out itself. It just doesn't grow. But the nice thing is that before it's come to that, like you said, the um, rate of acceptance seems to be accelerating. Um, the reason that like kind of triggered me on this whole thought was I mentioned it last time we talked about it was uh, someone was talking about how the you know rise of more female players has manufacturers basing decisions around that and they said that it's the reason we got in their words the wizard of oz which they considered a femme theme which i thought was crazy because the wizard of oz is pretty much a universal appeal style theme but they didn't see it as that i just because dorothy kept that blouse buttoned up i guess on the on the art but um it was just interesting to see that that still existed so publicly and proudly stated to point where they're still like uh, just throwing it out there so casually. I don't know. It's like, okay, I guess we still have a ways to go before we kind of eradicate that thought process. But um, the, the idea that I wanted to change, I said I was kind of reworking this article, is I did want it to more go along the sides of, hey, yeah, a lot has changed and a lot's happening in a good direction so um, I, I'm, I'm definitely more optimistic about uh, how we're inviting people into pinball than we are at scaring them off so it's good it's a good sign for pinball to see that especially all the women's leagues and how with the uh, streaming pinball uh, and pinball tournaments um, I know you were just briefly checking in during nationals but the chat had constant flow of people asking for updates on the women's side, or if they could show some of the women's games. And um, in fact, I was talking to you online when they were showing Zoe's game and she got bounced. I was like, "Oh no, she just lost." And but it was just cool that people were asking for it rather than like, "Oh, go back to the guys," you know. So definitely that shift is happening, and um, it's one of the cool things happening in pinball right now. So I thought it was worth talking about a little bit. So. definitely well um i kind of want to talk a little bit about what's coming up for the show um we're gonna have a fun guest do you want to talk yeah. about who's who's gonna join us
1: um so my friend uh michael huntsman is going to be joining us next episode he just picked up um one of his holy grail machines i think um for a lot of people it's a holy grail he picked up a joust and I'm super jealous because I love that machine. So we're going to do a featured machine with him. Um, and he has been doing a lot of work with Planetary Pinball. He um, He's doing their blog and he's doing a lot of um, photography, of um, like getting good shots of a lot of the prototype art and things like that that they have um, in the factory there. So he's been going catalog. through... Yeah. Doing like a lot of archiving. Um, he had a great picture that he posted online of, um, the total recall, um, play field design. Yeah. That was would have awesome. Been amazing if it actually got made, but he, um, has a really unique perspective and, um, He is operating, um, well, was operating some games down in Nevada, and he's trying to open another space down there. But he's got some games on location and kind of interesting spots like a tattoo parlor and um, just kind of he has a lot to deal with in terms of regulations of operating pins down in Nevada. So um, he's a super interesting person to talk to in general, and he just picked up this amazing machine, and we figured this would be the perfect time to have him on.
0: Yeah, so as far as people out there um, that would be interested, uh, we don't do a lot of interview stuff, so he'll kind of join us for our normal thing and we'll make Joust the featured machine. But um, it's a good opportunity to talk to him about what it's like to go through those um old Bally Williams piles of art and parts. He, they got the Gene Cunningham collection. And um, obviously Planetary's also been able to get a bunch of stuff through the whole Mr. Pinball in Australia ordeal. But And, and as he's come on and done blogging for him, it, it's just a great opportunity to pick his brain a little bit. Um, again, it, it probably won't be so much interview style, but if there's topics that you'd like us to, to bring up, that would be great. Um, I, I'm just kind of interested in hearing his story, so we'll let him talk as he wants to about it and obviously we won't spoil it now but um we'd like to hear the story of how the heck he even found a joust for sale um and how it was getting that because um it's not like every day you come across to joust so right i know you have one on location nearby that's insane
1: we well we do but it doesn't usually work which is sad it used to work more and then yeah it needs a lot of love
0: Yeah, and I've had a chance to play it. It's a very fun game. Um, It's one of those games that uh, you walk up to it and you play it and you say, this is awesome. I wish there were a ton of them, but I understand why there's not, just logistically. (laughs) So um, it'll be cool to get his take on it and the whole story. So uh, he'll be joining us, as you said, next time. So definitely get those in. Uh, You can send them at pinballpodcast at gmail.com or the Facebook is fine. Facebook messages work great. Uh, If you want to just send me a PM on Pinside that works as well. A lot of people have been doing that recently. And I know I'm way, I've been terrible at reader mail and stuff. I'll get better at that. Um, (laughs) Don used to handle it and he, and he still pokes his nose into the emails and stuff. Um, And I'm so used to not doing that side of things that I'm, I got to retrain my brain. Um, So I'll get in there and, we'll get back to pointing out what we effed up as a segment, which in this case was <laughs> from point A to <laughs> point B. Yes. The entire thing. Um, but some of that stuff will come back and, uh, de- definitely want to point out one other thing is, um, we've mentioned it on the show before, but the video series that, uh, John Cosson is doing, Yes, um,
1: Dr. John and Emily.
0: Yes. Check them out on YouTube. Uh, they're great you know it's it's kind of like a family f- super ultra family and kid friendly version of like buffalo pinball's daily battle is, is that kind of like a way of putting it or not 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 uh, no that it's dead flip that does daily battle uh, <laughs> buffalo pinball's bro battle Welcome
1: are... to our new we effed up segment there it is oh, um no. there, um but, yeah, no, no, so they, Dr. They... Don and emily they um they play machines in their home collection, um so it's a different machine that they do each week, and they basically keep track of who's won um you know the most games on that machine, so it's like a friendly competition um they yes. do a lot of talking through um tables, so it's supposed to be aimed a bit more towards kids and getting kids into playing. Um, competitively and you know giving them goals of some things to go for and explaining as they play they usually do like some close-ups on some different parts of the play field it's super you know educational and fun and it's very light and funny and I really enjoy what they're doing Um, they were wearing um, John was wearing a pinball podcast t-shirt on the last episodes thanks for that Um, And Emily has just been crushing it in Australia. Um, She's had some really great finishes. Man, I talked about the exact numbers last time we recorded, which went into the ether. But um, she's been doing really well, both at women's tournaments and then overall with um, kind of some of the best players in Australia. She's been putting up some great games and great scores and great finishes and Super proud of her, and I've got some Bell's gear for her um, yeah. that I'll be getting to John at Pinberg. Um, and Pinburg is, like, getting close now-ish. It's, like, three months away, and I can't wait.
0: We are on Pinburg's doorstep.
1: Oh, um, we are. But first is the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show in Tacoma, Washington in June. So if anyone's going to be going to that, hit me up. I'd love to play some games outside of tournament time.
0: Yeah, and the same weekend is I'll be at Pinball Showdown in Denver.
1: Boo! Bummer,
0: bummer <laughs> that they are scheduled on top of each other. Because I would I would have loved to hit up both shows, but Definitely. Um, yeah. So, other friends of the show, uh, check out all the other podcasts. I I, I was going to name the <laughs> podcasts, but there's there's a ton of them out there. Um. So I don't know. Google pinball podcast, and there you go. You've got. Thirty shows um the thing that i really like about what's going on with all the shows right now is everybody's kind of got their own angle or take on things um it doesn't feel like you're getting the same thing anywhere um so fi- you know f- find yourself clicking around and seeing what even what you like but there's a lot of stuff out and then there's a ton of streamers kind of the same thing um very different flavors between the different streamers and uh that includes you jessica
1: What's my flavor of streaming?
0: Um, it's you're kind of cookie dough. Everybody likes cookie dough, right?
1: Right, right.
0: So, huh.
1: yeah. When you were when you're like check out all the other podcasts, I thought for a second you were going to give a shout out to Mabim bam because you. you have now got me hooked on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh.
0: Don refused to listen to it, so that's why he's gone.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, it's not at all pinball related, but it's super funny. And if you've got like a half an hour to kill and you want to listen to some funny tunes, then that is a good, that's a good way to go about it. Um, Put it in your notes. Yeah, I uh, also would like to um, express my... Um, its not It's not anger. I'm not angry. I'm just kind of... I'm kind of upset that Pinheads... You got some angst about something here. Pin, Pinheads podcast, Pinheads with a Z, hasn't put an episode out for like months. And I got caught up in the entire back catalog of Pinheads. And I'm just like, cool. Oh, no, and you ran out? Anytime you guys want to put out another episode would be really great. I would enjoy that very much.
0: Yeah, with our new little um, uh, recording thing we were talking about them at the beginning because they're hands down the most wonderfully produced podcast, um, in the pinball world. So,
1: right. Oh, yeah, they're it, so good.
0: It's fantastic. And they go yeah. in deep on the stuff they go in. Um, I, I I'm not much of a surface scratcher when I, when I even get to a topic. <laughs> so that's Thank what you. we're going to have Mike on next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, I, I love the Aussies, so uh, getting to listen to them just talk, I'm like, cool, whatever you guys are talking about, I'm just going to listen. Just going to go with it. Just let, yes, let this wash over me. So, um, Panheads, we miss you. Please come back. They'll be back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but but you know what? We have a soundboard, too, now. Um, oh, we do. Yeah, I'm going to mix in some dramatic piano here. <laughs>
1: what's the dramatic piano for? Are we breaking up?
0: Well, you've still not come around to Iron Man, so...
1: That's true. It's true. I was on location and there was an Iron Man there. I just sent you a picture of like a big thumbs down in front of it.
0: (laughs) Can I admit that I don't know how to turn off the dramatic piano?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The whole rest of the show is just we effed up. Can you at least switch it to Spanish Fly? There we go.
0: Yeah, no, i I, I figured <laughs> this out now. There's something called ballpark.
1: <laughs> oh, this is devolving quickly.
0: So next week, uh-uh. full uh, next week, uh, ne- in the next, next episode, episode, it's going to be just like listening to some just cheap <laughs> morning drive DJs.
1: All oh. right. Oh. Let's oh. talk oh. <laughs> So, if you hear um, if you hear anyone crying, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be. Uh, a and I'm going to apologize now because someone last time asked who had trains, planes, and automobiles happening in the background, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure you could hear a train go by at some point during this, and I'm pretty sure that you could hear my cat and his little bell jingling in the background. So uh, that was my cat, that was Tesla, and that was my train, not my train, a train by me. <laughs> I don't own the train.
0: Not yet. Not yet. Um, I don't own a cat, so it better be your cat that we heard. (laughs) But Ridley, my dog, did run in while you were talking about dialed in. And um, we'll know if the mute button worked, because if not, you'll hear a very quick shuffle and me running over telling Ridley to go upstairs. Um, (laughs) Because he came downstairs, (laughs) laid down behind me and started to chew on a bone. I'm like, that's not going to work. So it'll be interesting to see if that's even audible or not because I, I hit mute the second he nosed his way in. but
1: We need to figure out a way for me to be able to control sounds on this thing too so that I can randomly play music in the middle of what's happening. You get all the fun.
0: Yeah, I will look into it. There's just buttons I don't dare click on that may give you that. Like I know kick would kick you out, but there's like a hand and I'm wondering if, I don't know, I don't dare. But there's gotta be a way to allow like us to run that together. But All right. um I'll find some sweet, awesome sound effects for, for the next one. And uh we're gonna soundboard this up. So um Whoops. I don't I don't have anything more to go over. Just uh like I said, write in that stuff for, for Mike. Um and uh we'll talk about Joust. That's gonna be fun.
1: It will. Yeah, I'm excited for it.
0: And uh, again, check out Nifty LED or NiftyLED.com. Uh, there's a little tie-in between them and Planetary Pinball because they provide the LEDs for Medieval Madness Remake and Attack from Mars Remake. So those are nifty bulbs in those games. If you've ever wondered if you've seen them, if you've seen those games, you've seen nifty bulbs. So there you go. Sweet. And this, I'm going to run the outro live. Try not to giggle over it because oh, I know it's cheesy. It's Here super we go. cheesy. Yay, Pinball.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. You can email the Pinball Podcast at pinballpodcast at gmail.com. Find us online at thepinballpodcast.com on Facebook, on Instagram, or on Snapchat. Check the show notes on our website to see how to support our sponsors and friends of the show. It sounds like the Chipmunks movie. Yay, Pinball. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) So So terrible. So bad. Good night. I can't talk to you anymore.
0: (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) Goodbye.
2: There's a whole world out there. I mean, big, exciting. I got a nice small apartment lined up. I got a a great job. I want to make lots of money. I want to have a a meaningful experience with an incredibly beautiful... Pinball. All those years
1: of... Running around.
2: You got to start paying off. All right, listen up. If there are any bugs in here or rats or anything that has more legs than I do, you just stay on your side of the room, okay? I'll stay on mine. I should warn you, packing and- Soldering. You were listening. Yeah? Hi, I'm Bradley Foster. You hired me, I started work here today. You're fired, kid, sorry. We all saw it coming, but we looked for some kind of miracle. miracle never happened.
1: What did happen? We took too long to finish the Whitewood.
2: Ninety percent of the people in this building are out on the street. You are one of those ninety percent. Tough break. Mr. Forbush. I was counting on this
0: job. I mean, what do I do now? Hunt. I'm sorry, Mr. Foster. I'm sorry, Mr. Foster. We need someone with education. If you joined our training program out of high school, you'd be qualified for this job now.
2: And why didn't I... Rope pinwheels for all those years? Had fun, didn't you? (laughs) Take this. It's Uncle Gary's phone number in Chicago. My cousin Ellen married his half-sister's nephew before she got bit by that dog and died. But he's still kin, and kin is kin. Well, I'd like to see Mr. Stern, please. Do you have an appointment? Well, you know, I tried to get one, but I couldn't, so I just thought I'd surprise him. You can leave your name. Uh, you know, Bradley Foster? Of? Mr. E-R. Of, uh, Kansas. Of what company? What do you want to see Mr. Stern. Stern about? About being his nephew. Oh. Well, why don't you have a seat? Are you really Mr. Stern's, Stern's nephew? In a roundabout sort of way. You sons of this don't to have a brain between you! I'm going to a $300 million deficit here because you idiots didn't anticipate the needs of a changing market. Uncle uh, Gary? Now get out you here, all of you, and bring me back some new ideas of work. word. Or I'll have
0: your kids mounted on my wall. I'll see
2: if I can get you in now. Thank you. Thank you. from Kansas. Who? Oh. That's your nephew from Kansas. Just from-
0: Kansas? So you're one of the Kansas Fosters, huh? shirt tail relative to say the least
2: listen I know you probably told your secretary to get me out of here in five minutes two right so I'll get right to the point I need a job uncle Gary do you have any idea what we do here uh, yes sir uh- Stern pinball has over 20 licenses billing on the factory at any time
0: there are 30,000 people working in this building alone their accumulated salary is higher than the gross national product of half the nation's the common market Last year, we borrowed more money from banks than Mexico did.
2: It's a great company, Uncle. What can you do for us, Brantley? What education do you have? Practically none, but I believe in myself. Doesn't that count for something deep inside? I know I can do anything if I just get a chance. Call Bates and personnel. Tell them I'm sending somebody down. Well, you're in the front door, kid. What you do on this side of it is up to you. You can't come in here, bozo. Take your crap to the mail slot. I work here. Just start. What do you want? Raved invitation? Come on, come on. Valley. Yeah. Somebody gave you that name? Oh, Jesus. A router puke makes my day well you're welcome melrose get over here listen to what he says, then do what he does right, stay out of my way don't use the stamp machine for personal letters and take off that stupid looking tie it looks like you shot your couch you got any questions yeah what do i call you you call me god you got a problem boss i'm your man show the copper Puke the ropes and keep them out of my face his name is Bowley. valley all right kid follow me all right, Randley, you stick with me and everything's going to be culpacetic. Okay, what's this department? What do they do here? Who knows, man? This place is a zoo. Nobody knows what anybody else is doing. <laughs> Morning. Next. No reason. What? Morning. Look, not the- Engineers. What do you mean? Excuse me, sir. Morning.
0: Not the engineers.
2: Man, you never consort with engineers. It's unless they consort with you first. Wait a minute, that's ridiculous. He's a person, I'm a person, I can't say hello to him. He's not a person, he's an
0: Engineer. Your production floor.
2: No consorting, come on. We're entering a sensitive zone. This guy in that office, he just got canned. No. Mailroom knew about it on Friday, he just found out today. No kidding. Is this job still open? Nah, oh, man, economic cutbacks. Job was dissolved. About two dozen suits got the axe. you quit trying to consort? Come on.
0: Our stock is down another quarter point this morning. Whose fault
2: is that, Thomas? Nobody's fault, sir. It's a momentary lapse in the market. Whose fault is it, Thomas? Uh, it's Davis' fault, sir. His department hasn't been pulling its weight. What do you have to say for yourself, Davis? Uh, I've been having troubles at home, sir. My, my wife ran over the children's dog with her car, and then we had to buy a new dog, and then the new dog chewed up the-
0: This new playfield layout I've been working
2: on. Are you suggesting that your dog ate your homework, Davis? Well, in a way, yes, sir. This is not great, school, Davis! Run at the back of the line. Consider yourself on warning. Uh, yes, sir. Let's do it. Hello, this is Carl
0: Williams.
2: 4319. That's right, I'm still waiting for that secretary I requested last week. Well, I realize you're busy down there, but, uh, I'm typing my own letters and answering my own calls, and it's getting to be a pain. Empty. <laughs> well, I've been here a week, got my name on the door. Got a desk full of supplies and got a geranium on my window ledge. What I don't have is a secretary. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll have personnel send a boy up from the mailroom with the requisitions you need. Just send me my secretary, okay? Thank you very much. You're late. already finished all my wiring harnesses. You didn't punch in. Well, I couldn't wait to get to it. Boy, I love my work. Punch in. Right. He's acquired 5% of the stock, and this is definitely the beginning of a hostile takeover of our corporation.
0: Uh. I think we all know what happened the last time Davenport took over a company. Everyone was canned. Mr. Stern? I sent
2: down word of what he wants us to do. We are to recommend cuts in every department. Our job is to slash the red ink in every nook and cranny because our company needs the cash for its defense. Anybody want to fire the first shot? Get rid of clear coat. Well, we'll slash the ink completely off the books. Right. Well, I know I'm new here and everything. And on the surface, these cuts seem like a good idea. Seem like a good idea. But getting rid of clear coat on the play field to be a big mistake. It so happens that those cutbacks are exactly what Mr. Stern wants. Well, then Mr. Stern hasn't thought things through very well. I'm going to tell him you said that. Good. Look, getting rid of clear coat. Put a strain on this company's cash position, and in the long run, those cuts are going to hurt this company's innate value. Innate value? What is he talking about? Look, the point is, we gotta be bold. That's bold. my point. We gotta build. Absolutely build. 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 We gotta expand. Expanding is the only way to help the situation. We gotta make this company so damn strong, Davenport won't be able to find anyone willing to give up Pemrose stock. it will be too damn valuable. Then we'll buy his ass uh. <laughs> out. One question. What the hell are you doing? Having a nervous breakdown. No wonder. Look, nothing good can come from this, Brantley. If you get caught, you get canned. If you don't get caught, you become one of them, a suit. It's a no-win situation. Still a half a step ahead of him, pal. What are you doing in Christie's bed? Bally. I'm talking to you. Gary? Who's Bally? Bally. Is the guy who just found his stolen notes in your bag. Those are
0: Williams'
2: notes, and they are not stolen. He gave them to me himself. You were so grateful to him. You climbed into bed and asked him to marry you. What are you talking about? I climbed into bed with you. Baloney. You thought you were climbing into bed with her. Wait, now when I came in, he was in bed with- Williams. Williams? He wasn't even here. Are you blind? Who's that? That's Bally. So this is the bimbo you've been screwing around with at the office? Who are you calling a bimbo? If the shoe fits. Now what's that supposed to mean? Why didn't you just ask me for those? I would've given them to you. I I was gonna tell you about that. It just happened before I really knew you. So when we were in bed, That whole thing was James Bond time, right? No! You went to bed with Bally Don't worry about it Gary She's probably got microfilm pictures of the whole thing What were you doing in bed with my nephew? Williams? It's your nephew?
0: This is Bally Foster, he works on the Production floor
2: You mean you're not an executive?
0: (sighs) Let me get this straight Bally is Williams?
2: That's right
0: Bally is Williams, Williams is Bally
2: And Christie is the bimbo Well, now that we've all had Mouseketeer roll call, I'm just going to go call my lawyer.
0: Now, wait a minute. Christy is not the bimbo I was screwing around with at the
2: office. People better stop calling me bimbo. It was an entirely different bimbo, altogether. That's fine. How many bimbos would you say there were? (sighs) I misspoke myself. There weren't any bimbos at all. Except Christy. Right. No! (gasps) The question is, how many people did you sleep with to get to the top? (laughs) was a very expensive black glass you bitch shut up of course Mr. Davenport we realize that you'll want to move some of your own people into the medium control positions here at Stern naturally what we're concerned about quite frankly is the upper management positions yeah. most of them will have to go oh, God, you but a handful of them who have been so helpful like yourselves of course will be staying as long as you like well then i see nothing to stand in the way of the immediate merger of our two companies I don't know. Is this place? It is. Hey, good. Sorry we're late. Get them out of here. I'm sorry. This is a private meeting. I have to ask you to leave. All of these, will you? I call building security. Oh, Gary. Relax. Listen, on behalf of the personnel in the mail room, the girls in the secretarial pool, the female executives here, we just wanted to give our blessing to this little merger. Who in hell are these people? Is that Don? Donnie! Hey, how you doing? Listen, Don, you mind if I stand up? I think better when I'm moving around. I gotta tell you, Don... First, the idea of this merger made me as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But then I realized I was wrong. The combination of our products and your distribution capabilities can vault past- us right to the top of the market. So glad you approve, whoever you are. Now, if you get the hell out of here, we'll finish the job. <laughs> I can't do that for you, Don. See, the problem here is management. Things were bad enough when Gary was running the company, but now we got a guy like you to deal with, too. Get them out of here, Prescott, now! He can't, Don. You see, Brantley made arrangements to buy 5% of the stock in your company, Davenport Enterprises, this morning. We're buying you out. What? Get in! (laughs) That's right. We've initiated a takeover of Davenport Enterprises. This way, Mr. McMasters. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Oh, these are my financial advisors. They agreed to lend me the money to finance this
0: takeover. Surely you're not going to invest in some crackpot scheme cooked up by a kid who used to work
1: on a production floor.
2: (sighs) Not at first, Howie. But see, I had an ace in the hole. I'm a major stockholder in the company with the clout and support I needed done. I want you to meet the new chairperson of the Stern Corporation and the daughter of the founder, Vera Stern. Belly. And I are very old friends, and when he told me his wonderful ideas for running the company, I knew he was the man for the job. You've run Daddy's company into the ground, Gary. And I believe these people here can bring it back to where it belongs again. Now. Up, Gary. Out of that chair. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. I'm not about to resign my position. Oh, you don't have to. You're fired. You can. Oh, yes, I can. You see, Mr. Davenport, as of this afternoon, I control 50.1% of the voting stock. You two are to your history.